Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. Welcome into this Friday, March 4th edition, 2022 of the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM AM 740, streaming live on the TV 10 Facebook, also on Comcast Channel 10 TV 10 in Berkeley and Jefferson County. Spencer Puig, Nick Verzellini, and our intern Avery Newport, happy to have you with us. Show sponsored in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880. No Colin today. He's actually out uh, covering something uh, pretty interesting, guys, uh, which has come into the college athletics landscape here in the last uh, six to months to a year. The national or what is it, name, image, likeness, as uh, Shepard's own in the Harlan Hill Trophy winner, Tyson Bagent, receiving a car up in Hagerstown, in Hagerstown Ford. He's covering that. Uh, maybe we'll try to get him on later in the show, but that's a, that's a pretty big thing. It's definitely uh, different. You know, I don't know how many Division Two players get that uh, name, image, likeness benefits. So, uh, you know, good for Tyson Bajan. Um Certainly a guy that's played at a high level. And uh, hopefully that continues at Shepard. And it's definitely, I think, a unique situation happening today at Hagerstown. Any, th- any thoughts, Avery, as a Shepard student? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for Tyson. You know, I've, I've known him for a couple of years. We've had some classes together. He's a good guy, obviously. He's a great football player, the best D2 player in the nation. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he had already had some NIL opportunities previously he has a billboard up on martinsburg pike i forget uh for who it's with so you know i mean he's the harlan hill trophy award winner he's the best player in in d2 in the country and he's a guy that definitely deserves to to have his name be recognized like this he definitely does and uh you know he's obviously had some lower or some smaller nil bill or smaller nil opportunities but i believe this is probably one of the biggest i believe he's getting a new car for two years i do not know what kind of car it is or anything about that we'll have to hear from colin potentially later in the show about that uh but let's kind of recap what we talked about in the interview that we had yesterday at the end of the show um with uh, senator yesterday, and that was Senator Weld from a Republican from Brook County. He's play, he had a he had a bill that was he sponsored a bill in the Senate that passed through the Senate, I believe, thirty one to three. It's about one time transfers for college, or for excuse me, not college, high school students in the state of West Virginia. And here's a little tidbit: the very beginning from the interview yesterday, in case you missed it. The Senate Bill 586 to us, to to our listeners that may not be particularly familiar with it. So uh, imagine that you are a high school student here in West Virginia and uh, a high school in a neighboring county develops an advanced math course or or has a particular advanced math course that you want to be a part of because you're really good at math. You have an aptitude for it. So you decide to transfer schools. But in addition to being very good at math, you also play basketball. You're not very good, but you still want to be on the team. And you figure, you know, new school, being on a team would be a great way to, to make new friends. Unfortunately, because of the SSAC, you can't do that. Despite the fact that you're transferring schools just for an academic advantage, you have to sit the bench. Actually, you can't even be on the team, play any sports for a full year. And that is 
the crux of this. Those are the rules of the SSAC that no matter for what reason, except for two very limited uh, exceptions, when a student transfers schools here in West Virginia, you got to sit out an entire year and you give up one year of only four years of athletic eligibility. And so that's what this bill aims to fix in that it would give every student in West Virginia one opportunity to transfer schools and not be punished for doing so. And, and I think that it, it makes a very fair experience for students who, for whatever reason, might want to transfer and ensure that they can continue to play the sport that they love, make new friends at their school, their new school, and I, I think it's a very worthwhile endeavor. There you go. There's kind of the main portions of that bill. And uh, had a lot of good dialogue yesterday, whether it was with the senator on the show, and I had some good dialogue with some coaches uh, via text message off the air. And obviously, there's a lot going on in that bill, but there's, uh, you know, it just kind of is weird to me that um, the, the, the West Virginia legislation is trying to jump in on something that is a West Virginia secondary schools athletic committee or comp, whatever is the name of it is. It's their issue. It's not really a state legislation issue. Like, and I, from one of the coaches, um, he, uh, gave me some, some good notes about it. And, uh, he said, you know, it, it, uh, means kid kids with means can always transfer, but the poor kids that transfer, have to sit out a year and he gave me you know one specific player and and it made sense to me but he said that's the benefit of it um but it just it's it's a overall thing that doesn't seem like it's really a legislation issue yeah it's a definitely a, a weird topic i think in some ways because i understand how how you could see you know, a student may be transferring and they're trying to transfer to form a better basketball or football team or whatever the case may be. But I think the argument of somebody's transferring for a math program, I don't, I don't know how realistic that is because I feel like most public schools pretty much teach the same things and teach the same math. Now, are some public schools better than others? Yes. Uh, but I don't know how much I don't know how many people are just leaving schools for public school to public school just for educational purposes and just happen to play sports. Overall, I think though I'm in agreement with it, uh, just because I think that it, it is a little I don't know. It's like how many kids are, are really transferring to though to just gain a sport advantage? Yeah, I don't know. But again, I see both sides because there could be some recruiting involved, even if it's not necessarily what the WFS, WVSSAC would consider recruiting. But I mean, like if you go over to a friend's house and he says, Hey, you know, you would fit in really well with our team over here at whatever school. And we compete for state championships yeah. in your and, team. And, and that could be kind of rebuilding recruiting. And it's like, but how would they even know about that? I mean, I remember even when I was in high school, like we would have conversations like that now that never happened like like my friends never came and joined up with my team but i mean we definitely talked about it so it's like i don't know and it's gonna happen anyway if you're trying to leave to join a, a school 
So the whole eligibility and losing an extra year of a limited time to play high school sports seems kind of uh, harsh to me, but I feel like there has to be something in place too to prevent any sort of recruiting or stuff like that. So yeah, definitely. And you know, I want to read another message from this coach quote, there is no right or wrong and there's good and bad in everything. And this is specific to a topic. He said, there's real shame in especially Berkeley County is a lack of coaching due to pay and admin cannot coach. So the kids are led by less experienced people and sometimes kids themselves. So, it seems, you know, it's kind of, there's a, there's a gap there. Like it's kind of hard to get coaching in this solid coaching in this County because it's just the way it is with pay and stuff. And he, you know, he mentioned when uh, he was talking about, you know, they should worry about locality pay, which is something the government should deal with, not about students wanting to go to different schools because of athletics and doing it for math or something like that. Um, but he, it's just it's a whole it's a whole argument it's a whole can of worms that I don't know why the legislation of West Virginia wants to open up. It, yeah, it, it does seem like kind of an issue that should be handled by you know the schools and I guess the WVSACC as it has been. I mean, there, there's other ways, or there's other things in school that I think are more important than what kids are allowed to do on in terms of athletics. Um, obviously athletics are a big part of school and you know it's a big part of learning social stuff and learning lessons life lessons on and off the field but you know there's way i know that academics in the state have you know been trending in the wrong direction so shouldn't that be something that they're trying to increase i think that's what that coach may be uh alluding to yeah definitely you have any thoughts avery i I mean, I, I think Colin made a good point yesterday when we were talking about it on the show, Senator Weld, that, you know, this is probably the only chance that a lot of these high school athletes will get to play sports in their career. Most of them are not really going to go play college sports in any capacity. It's very difficult to, you know, get a scholarship and play at a college somewhere. So most of these players are going to play four years in high school and that's that. They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna do anything else after that for their athletic career. So I, I think when Colin made that point that hey, that extra year of eligibility is really gonna make a difference for a lot of these kids that might not ever get that year back in terms of playing sports again. I that really resonated with me. You know, I think that um, kind of made me support the the bill a little bit more after I heard the interview with the senator and we talked about it here on the show. All right, so we have a guest on the line. Mike is on the line. Welcome to the show, Mike. Welcome. Uh, first of all, I, I just preface this with I played a little bit of sports in both high school and college locally, and, and uh, there used to be a provision when I was in school that you had to sit out a semester. And then I think they basically opened it up a little bit too much willy-nilly, and kids were literally recru- being recruited. And the, the, I listened to the example that Senator Weld used, and that's not the impetus for this bill. Now, he uses that example, but my understanding, the impetus for this bill was that during the COVID lockdowns, some kids were basically probably going to pre- be prevented from playing sports for, for their county or whatever, uh, because the county was on lockdown. So they just, they wanted to, um, 
transfer so they could continue their education in person and play sports. And they could have done it through a waiver uh, uh, through the WBSSAC, but they wouldn't. The WBSSAC, uh, just a little background, is founded under code. So the legislature, this is the proper place if if the public, the voting public, believes that the WBSSAC are not doing what they should do, there's either two ways you fix it. You do it through legislation or you remove the members of the WBSSAC. Uh, so that's just the background. No matter whether, which side you're on this issue, that's where it gets fixed. That's how it gets fixed, one of two ways. And, um, you know, I was in school back when uh, in the 80s, and, and there were a lot of, not a lot of transfers, but there were a few transfers back then because Martinsburg had the better basketball team as an example. And I know of two, in, in, uh, one actually transferred when he was going into high school, and the other transferred after two or three years in high school. And then later, the same thing happened with football, actually, believe it or not, going into, at that time, Hedgesville. Um, but I agree with you that most um, most uh, high schools have those math programs that maybe were used as an example yesterday. All right, Mike, thank you for your input. Uh, y'all have a good day. You too as well. That was Mike on the phone, one of our first callers. That was not a guest, so shout out to him for calling in and giving his opinion on the topic. I didn't know he took callers. This is news to me. Hey, it was news to me <laughs> when the mogul Mike Hornby looked at me through the glass and said, phone. But hey, if hey, somebody has somebody's an got opinion, opinion we'd love to hear it. I don't mind them calling in, obviously, and that's good to hear uh, a little bit more information about that that we may not be familiar with. But overall, you know, it's an interesting issue. We'll see how the House, I guess, decides on it. Um, and you know, then we'll probably have more information and more details to talk about. We definitely hopefully will. And hopefully we'll have Senator Weld back on the phone when this thing uh, goes through the next steps. But that's going to be a very short process because there's only a few weeks left in this legislative session. Uh, but that does it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll talk some high school hoops action. Two big uh, section finals tonight. And uh, I know we've got some comments on the Facebook with some predictions. Uh, we'll talk about that next when we return after this two-minute break. Wish we'd known. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first person let's go drink some beers mountaineer grill and pub mountaineer grill and pub offers many daily specials including trivia night monday karaoke tuesday steak night wednesday and sunday thursday night boneless wing night and on friday and saturday nights there'll be a dj and or karaoke and remember monday through friday happy hour 11 a.m to 6 p.m two dollar domestic bottles and 250 domestic drafts let's go drink some beers mountaineer grill Are you considering selling your home and don't know where to start? 
Then call Chris Ross and the Milestone Real Estate Group at Keller Williams. A Martinsburg High School graduate, Chris knows the local market, and he's proven it as number one real estate team in West Virginia in 2019. Phone Milestone Real Estate Group at Keller Williams at 304-579-7349 or go to callchrisross.com. Let's celebrate your real estate milestone together. Home helpers of the Eastern Panhandle making life easier for you, your family, and especially your loved ones that need their care. They are locally owned and searching for smiling faces to hire so that your loved one can stay in their home where they are the happiest. Call 304-433-8000 or visit homehelpershomecare.com slash panhandle. Or you can visit them at 3192 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg. Each office is independently owned and operated. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, TV 10 on Comcast Channel 10 in Berkeley and Jefferson Counties and streaming live on the TV 10 Facebook. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, our intern Avery Newport hanging out with you today. Colin down in Hagerstown Ford, up at Hagerstown Ford as they just wrapped up a uh, little VIP experience there for an NLI for Shepard Rams quarterback and Harlan Hill Trophy winner. Tyson Bajan is. He was given a, looks like a 2022 Ford Escape. So he's got a nice car there. Fuel efficient. Not an F, you know, I was thinking maybe F-150 Bronco, but you know, he's trying to save the planet. Hey, look, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty nice car to get, especially as a part of an NIL deal, you know, have, uh, happy for Tyson. I hope he gets to keep that car for a little while. <laughs> I believe it is a two year uh, thing going on there. And, um, yeah, but we'll talk about that later. Hopefully, we'll be able to catch up with Colin. He was down there. He talk, I believe he talked with Tyson and then the owner of Hagerstown Ford. So, we'll hopefully talk about that later. But now, let's move in to high school basketball tonight. The uh, Quad A, Region 2, Section 1, and Section 2 finals. We'll have the Section 1 finals as number one, Hedgesville host number two, Martinsburg. The team split the season series this year. Most recently, Martinsburg got the victory in overtime at Hedgesville a few Fridays back. Nick, uh, what's your take going into this ballgame? Well, I think uh, one thing that will be interesting tonight will be the post-play. Eli Faircloth was not in the game for Hedgesville last time these two teams played, and Martinsburg dominated down low, in particular Aiden Jackson. He had 22-11 and 11 in the ball game, uh, recording a double-double. Jess Sutherland also had a nice game, six points and three rebounds. So, you know, those two guys can buy it for 28 and 14 and Jess Sutherland is coming off of his best game of the season against Spring Mills where he had uh, 12 points and eight rebounds and um, you know looking at something interesting in these wins for Martinsburg is they're not shooting the ball well from three and we know Hedgesville likes to take and make a lot of three-pointers the Bulldogs shot one of eight from three in the win over Spring Mills but 21 of 41 from inside the three-point arc and 11 of 15 from the free throw line. So they were trying to pound the ball inside, and that's really been where they've had some success. Uh, Spring Mills really doesn't have a true post. I mean, they have Caleb Thomas, who's a good rim protector, but he's not 
he doesn't have like the strength yet to really match up with those seniors and juniors down low. So Faircloth, I think, is going to play a big role tonight in terms of trying to contain Jackson and Sutherland and not let them just eat down low because in that win, too, Martinsburg only shot one of nine from three in that win over Hedgesville in overtime. But uh, that was a great game. I would expect another great game tonight. Uh, obviously, Hedgesville had some good performances back in that game. Cam Wilkes ended up with 22 points to lead the way. Christian Bolduke had that historic performance in Martinsburg where he dropped 35 but only was able to score 10 against the Bulldogs last time out. And Adam Walls had a good game as well with his 10 points. So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. But it's two different styles. Martinsburg yeah. has really succeeded when they've been able to get good play out of their post guys and not really a great three-point shooting team. While Hedgesville is a team that loves to shoot the three, I think they got to be smarter about some of their three-point shots. I think that hurt them last time, but it should be another really competitive game and another good one that I expect to be you know, one or two possessions and maybe even see overtime again tonight. Yeah, definitely. And again, Hedgesville gets the number one seed. They were last in action Tuesday, January, February 22nd against Broadford and Christian Academy. Uh, we had that game for you before the uh, girls section semifinals there at Hedgesville. And they Hedgesville got the win fifty to twenty two. I would imagine Coach Church had some hard practices uh, at the end of last week and maybe early this week with having over a week off. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear from Coach uh, about what they kind of did with this time off. Obviously, they end that game against Broadford and Christian Academy at the end of the year, which was kind of a weird start time and all that. And then they got ready for this one, so they've had plenty of time to prepare for both. Uh, teams and I will be interested to see how this plays out tonight but I think you know that time off can benefit you and you can it can hurt you obviously it's good you want to have that uh, buy and also have you know already be in the uh, regional so you don't have to worry about winning to advance to regionals but um, it, it could hurt you tonight in terms of trying to win that sectional championship because most likely like we said you know, the loser will have to probably play Jefferson, and that is going to be an extremely tough task. Musselman's a tough task as well, but at least if you win and you've already beaten Musselman and you've had close games against them, so you know that's a winnable game. Uh, Jefferson, on the other end, has blown out both of these teams. Uh, Hedgesville had a little bit of a chance the first time they played, but both games were double-digit losses for both of these teams against Jefferson. So, that is the goal tonight, right? Avoid Jefferson, not only win the sectional, which is a nice achievement, but um, you want to avoid Jefferson at all costs tonight if you're uh, Martinsburg and Hedgesville. And depending on how that game goes, you know, the loser, I guess, could avoid Jefferson, which would be unlikely, but not impossible as Musselman's obviously played them tough. Yeah, uh, before we talk a little bit more about Musselman in the last two, the two times that they've played Jefferson this year, I want to talk about last year's sectionals. Uh, thanks to notes from former sports director Matt Miller, uh, so that Hedgesville was slated to play Spring Mills in the Section 1 semifinal last year. That got canceled due to Spring Mills having COVID issues, so Hedgesville automatically moved on to the final against Martinsburg, and they fell 67 or 64 to 47, and they faced Jefferson in the region final and fell 61 45, so failing to make it to states. Uh, but you know these sectional final matchups are the same are the same as last year uh, that they were as Jefferson and Musselman go at it. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about that Musselman um, 
Jefferson matchup because Jefferson, obviously talking about it all season long, they're the only undefeated team in the EPAC, uh, and they've played most of these EPAC teams pretty strong, getting huge victories. You know where they pull away in the fourth quarter, um, but as we talked about when we had uh, talked about the other day on the phone with uh, head coach Derek Basil at Musselman, his two his team's two games against them, I believe they've lost by a total of fourteen. They're the only team that had two single digit losses to um, Jefferson, so that could play a factor into the, into tonight's or yet to, to tonight's ball game. Yeah, due to weather, we didn't get to call the second game, but uh, I know we broadcasted the first. Colin and I were there at Musselman, and honestly, Musselman probably could have won. I mean, they shot the ball terrible. I want to say it was like 16 of like 50 or something like ridiculous, and, and they only lost. They held Jefferson to 47. They only lost by eight, um, and that was a, a really strong performance for the Appleman defensively, and then the next time out, they go to overtime and, and – Almost pulled that one out as well. So it's very tough to beat a team three times in a season. Um, so you can't count out the Appleman. Obviously, Jefferson's playing at home. It should be a, you know, a good crowd there. But it, it really could go either way. I think that will be another great game between those two teams. And uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Yeah, so in the first matchup where Jefferson got the win 47-39, to uh, looks like Musselman shot 16 of 52. Okay. And then, but Jefferson shot 18 of 60. Yeah. So for neither a 30 percent. Well. Yeah. I mean, Musselman had the better shooting percentage in that ballgame, 31% to 30. Uh, so, I mean, that just kind of goes to show that ballgame. And, you know, Musselman able to hold every player on this, uh, that Jefferson team under 10 points, nine points for Cameron Johnson, eight points for Jaden Gladney, eight points for Jamari Jenkins, six points for Dayon Taylor, and then eight points for Bryson Fleming off the bench, five for Wyatt Shively. Will Shively only had three in that one. So they did a great job defensively in that ballgame. Yeah, but that's the thing. This game's at Jefferson, and obviously that was an overtime game last time they played. 79, um, 75-69 victory. And Jefferson in the or Jefferson in that game only shot thirty five percent, but they shot seventy one times, while Musselman shot fifty one percent, twenty three out of forty five. Yeah, and I'm sure Jefferson probably made a lot of threes in that game. As as that's usually they went eight of thirty eight. That's a ton of attempts. I mean, and then Musselman eight of fifteen. Yeah, so they're. I mean, honestly, Musselman probably should have won, but. Uh, you know, Jefferson's just such a tough team. I mean, both teams are good. You know, Musman's going to try to pound the ball inside, make it tough for the Cougars to shoot the ball. And, and so far they've done that in both of those uh, games. So that's another thing to note. You know, can they hold Jefferson down for a third straight game? Because even though they scored 70-plus, as you just said, Spencer, they didn't really shoot the ball well. They shot worse than Musman in both games. Yeah, but statistically speaking – the players performed a little bit better. Um, you had uh, leading scorer there, Cam Johnson, with 19 points. Jamari Jenkins with 17 points. Will Shively with 13 points. Uh, Jaden Gladney with 11 and Dayon Taylor with 10. And then Bryson Fleming, 5 off the bench. And then for Musselman, Jason Gordon had 15. or uh, Jordan Holmes had 19. Jaden Jason Gordon had 15. And Connor Long with 11, 8 for Cal Klempner and then seven for Trenton Wolf. So 
both games, the there's obviously more points scored, and it was nearly double the amount of points. I feel like. Yeah, about so. Yeah, it will be a competitive game. I think it will be important for Jefferson to get out and run. They didn't do that much in the first game where they were held down, and it looks like they definitely got more attempts up uh, in that second game. So if they can get out and run, and you know, force or not allow Musselman to really get into their offense. Uh, because that's when Musselman's most effective is when they've been able to get into their offense and uh, not get easy transition buckets, but also not allow you know easy transitions for Jefferson. And if if Musselman can really keep them off the three point line and uh, not allow them to make a ton of shots from downtown, because we've seen this Cougars team when they start hitting um, from three then they just become almost unbeatable because yeah. of their speed and their ability to score easily in transition. And again, they, most of the games that they've played this season, they've won lopsided numbers, and even if they're not lopsided, they're lopsided by the end of the ball game. Yeah, so I would expect another close one just because Musselman plays them so tough, and it's always close between those two teams. Uh, I would got, expect Jefferson to win, but you never know. We've got a prediction here from David Wood. Eagles 62, Dogs 55. My prediction was almost right on for the Martinsburg Spring Mills game. Yeah, he was close for that one. So I believe he said he'll be at the game tonight. So, David Wood? I'd expect a lot of people. Maybe come up and see us. I don't know. You're, if you're free to come up and see us. All right. Well, that does it for this segment of the Sports Weeks. we got to get going here. We're a little behind on time here. It's 1237. Uh, but this segment is sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets the designer bedding. Outdoor living. It's family owned and operated and located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this two-minute break, we'll talk some Shepherd women's hoops. Uh, they're in action tomorrow in the PSAC semifinal. And some PSAC honors for some of the players. We'll talk about that next after this two-minute break. McDonald and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms and we have flooring available too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com Do you love martial arts? Are you a little more Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai? Dragon Warrior Kung Fu offers a well-rounded program designed to promote and encourage learning and growth in a family-friendly environment. Because Kung Fu is not just flashy fighting skills, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Dragon Warrior Kung Fu. Call us at 304-350-0646 and learn more today. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. 
WVU Medicine is pleased to introduce six new providers who've joined our medical staffs at Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center, and University Healthcare Physicians. Nurse Practitioner Alexis Alastanos, Urgent Care, Dr. Anderson Cho, Hospitalist, Physician's Assistant Brian Daunt, Pain Management, Dr. Payam Paradi, Anesthesia, Physician's Assistant Brittany Herber, Orthopedics, and Dr. Esther Lin, Family Medicine, WVU Medicine, growing to meet the needs of our community. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 on the FM dial AM 740 TV 10 and streaming live on TV 10's Facebook. Spencer Buenick Verzellini, our intern Avery Newport rocking with you today on this Friday afternoon in the Eastern Panhandle as we get ready for some Shepherd women's basketball action tomorrow in the semifinal round of the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference Tournament. They're facing Cal U, Pennsylvania. We'll get into that matchup a little bit later, but let's talk about some honors for the Shepherd women's basketball team. team trio of players gained PSAC East honors, and uh, not shockingly, Abby Beeman is named PSAC, play, PSAC East Athlete of the Year. Yeah, I mean, obviously... Yeah. A very high honor for her. No, that's okay. A very high honor for her. You know, she was already a first-team player in the Eastern Division before. Uh, A couple years ago in 2019, she earned that first-team selection. So really no surprise there. I mean, I think she was pretty much a shoe-in to win the award. She was the leading passer of all players in the country this year in Division II. I mean, when you lead, you know, the country in a statistic like passing and assists per game and total assists, then you're pretty much a shoe-in, right? I mean, nobody else in the PSAC led anything in terms of, you know, national categories. So, a uh, tremendous award for her. Obviously, very happy for her and for the team to have all three of their players be honored like this. Uh, I was a little surprised with the uh, choice of Sydney Clayton not being selected to the the first team all yeah, Eastern I Division. Was, I was as well, but I'm assuming there's no recency factor there. I mean, yeah. she's completely dominated over the last week and a half. Um, or I guess week. Uh, so I, I guess no recency factor there. But Sydney Clayton, Marley McLaughlin named second team, both graduate students there. Abby Beeman Jr. She'll be back. I believe has two more years of eligibility. Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. So she'll you know she'll be the the catalyst for this team moving forward. And they've got some good young pieces that they can you know kind of build around uh, Abby Beeman for the next couple of years. But this is the team, right? This is the year where. You know, Sidney Clayton and Marley McLaughlin decided to come back and and become graduate students for this season, for this run. And it's Marley that's coming back to the coaching staff, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. She'll be a grad assistant next year. So, you know, we we've we talked about it before about how this women's basketball team has really built a strong culture under Coach Eckleberry and how they've they've got a bright future. You know, even though they're going to be losing some important pieces next season, they've got a good class coming in. Abby Beeman's going to return, and you know she'll get some Player of the Year hype again. I'm sure next year. I think you guys pretty much covered it. Uh, I thought Sydney Clayton was the best post player we saw this year in the PSAC, so I thought she was going to get first team. But obviously, we didn't see all uh, 
however many teams what is it like 14 or 16 teams in the yeah, conference get to see all the teams there and, and when you have that i mean there's you know a decent amount of teams in the east so it's a tough decision and you know, it is what it is it definitely uh is a you know good to see her there and she'll definitely be back next year but let's talk a little bit about this about this semi-final matchup tomorrow in the PSAC tournament as they i believe it's all it's the final four of the tournaments being held at Cutstown, um and Shepard is facing Cal U Pennsylvania. Cal U Pennsylvania beat Edinburgh in the quarterfinal round, seventy-two to forty-eight. They got the bye to advance to the quarterfinal round. Uh, so this is obviously going to be a tough matchup for Shepard. Shepard uh, is, I believe, one and four against Cal U Pennsylvania in their history. They've only played them five times. Uh, most recently. Uh, was the game in Shepherdstown on February 7th where Shepard got the 76-66 win. But going back to 2014, Shepard had lost three straight, so they broke that uh, streak there. And uh, the West Conference Player of the Year, I believe, is on the team. Let me yes, double check. Deja Terrell. Deja, Deja Terrell. Uh, she's the leading scorer, obviously, for that team. And it's going to be a, a you know, a fight there of two of the top two of the top team two of the top players in the conference on each division side. In the last matchup, she had thirty points, three steals, two blocks, one assist, and eight rebounds, going eleven of twenty three from the field. In that ball game, Abby Beeman had twenty five points, one steal, thirteen assists, and eight rebounds, going nine of eighteen from the field. So it'll be a, a nice kind of battle between those two players tomorrow. Yeah, really looking forward to that between Terrell and, and Beeman, of course, the two players of the year in the conference. So having that in a, a semifinal matchup is is pretty intriguing. You know, um, uh, I mean, Abby Beeman, of course, is is leading passer in the country. She's, um, you know, she she's been the the leader all season for the Shepherd team. But again, she has had a little uh, inconsistency over the last couple games. Of course, to end the regular season, she had a poor game against Mansfield on the road. She's played really well so far in the conference tournament. So hopefully, you know that that you know uh, is is going to be a good omen for them going forward. But Deja Terrell, of course, as you mentioned, had 30 points in that loss. She really carried that Cal U team when they played Shepard earlier in the season. And she's almost guaranteed for, you know, 25, 30 a night at this point. She's really the catalyst. She's carrying that team throughout the postseason. So defensively, the Rams are going to have to try and slow her down first and foremost. Uh, They don't really have a ton of of bench depth behind her. So once you can get to Terrell and kind of slow her down, she's a great shooter. She can attack the basket really well, too. So you, you shut down both of those aspects of her offensive game. And, you know, you can kind of hold Cal U in check. I mean, even when she did have 30 points, the Rams still won at the Butcher Center by 10. And it seems like, from what I'm looking at, she's kind of like the leader on the team. With She averages 19.1 a game, and then uh, I believe it's Sierra Lloyd averages 11.9. But, again, they have a ton of players, 9.4, 8. 8.7, 5.6, 5.5, 8.4. Uh, so... It, They've got a lot of players there that are those depth players that are, are really, you know, key in big games. Uh, but one of the biggest stats here is that uh, the uh, that Cal U Pennsylvania only holds the holds the opponent to thirty a thirty six shooting percent uh, from the field and twenty nine point three from three. Uh, but 
They score an average of 15.9 more points a game. They give up 51.4, and they score 67.1. Again, in that matchup with Shepard earlier in the season, uh, Shepard there only gave up uh, 66 points in the game and scored 77 points. So that's one of those skews in there. But, I mean, overall, a good defensive team. Yeah, really good defensive team. I mean, defense wins championships, right? That's that's true in any sport, and it's true in basketball, too. I mean, this, this Cal U team has only lost four games this season. One of those was to Shepard because of their defense. You know, Deja Terrell, of course, can handle most of the scoring. The rest of their players, none of them are really, you know, superstar quality like she is. But, again, as you mentioned, they can chip in with 10 points a night if you need to to kind of supplement her scoring. Um, but, yeah, defense is really what, what drives this Cal U team. And we've seen over the last couple of games, Shepard has really exploded offensively. So that's going to be the key for them is to you know try and break this Cal U defense. I think because you mentioned the, the Cal U defense is really good at preventing their opponents from shooting well, from the floor, I think the Shepherd Rams should look to feed Sidney Clayton a lot in this game. Even though Abby Beeman is the player of the year, one of the best shooters in the conference, same with Marley McLaughlin, uh, Sidney Clayton is going to have to have a great game down low in the post, I think, because if the shooters for the Rams can't get going, then you're going to have to rely on Sidney Clayton to hit those close percentage buckets down low to, to carry your offense throughout the game. Yeah, and you know something to look in, in this weekend is uh, Shepard already with 24 wins ties the program record, and it, it, we won't be on the air next time after tomorrow's game because the champion the conference championship game is Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, so even if so if they do win get their 25th win of the season they could get their 26th win before we even get on the air again uh so just wanted to give a big shout out to that shepherd team for what they've done this year uh so again the number three seed in the east has upset uh bloomsburg last game out in the quarterfinals to get there they're playing the number one seed in the west cal upa and then the number one seed in the east cuts down i guess hosting has home court advantage in this one facing the number two team in the West, Gannon, which the winner of that game and the winner of the Gay Shepherd game will set up the PSAC Women's Basketball Championship set for 3 p.m. Sunday. Uh, but obviously a lot of things can happen between now and then, and we'll be keeping an eye on it tomorrow uh, and Sunday, hopefully. Uh, but 24 wins could go could by the end of the weekend be 26, a huge accomplishment for the Shepherd team. And I know the PSAC Tournament Championship is what Coach Eckleberry and the team is eyeing and then going into the regional tournament in the hopefully the NCAA tournament yeah it'll be a battle though it's certainly not a guarantee I mean they're they're the third seed so they've got a couple of really strong teams ahead of them right now in the in the tournament picture you mentioned Kutztown the number one team in the east is a team that beat Shepard you know this year before and yeah they're number one for a reason they're one of the top ranked teams in the region as well I think they're ranked second in the region in the in the newest region poll um, and then this Gannon team. This Gannon team has some postseason success recently. They won the last uh, PSAC tournament that was played in 2020 before COVID shut everything down. So they've got some postseason experience. They've got some NCAA tournament experience too. And then, you know, as as um, as we mentioned, Shepard is, you know, a 24-win team. They've tied the, the program record for most wins in a season. So you've got some really good teams here in this Final Four uh, in the in the PSAC tournament. So the Rams certainly don't have an easy road. They're the lowest remaining seed at this point. So they've got an uphill battle, certainly. But again, they, they've proven they can do it. They have three of the best players in the conference. Three of them have conference honors. So really ride, ride that momentum going into the, into the rest of this tournament. Any final thoughts on this segment, Nick? 
I was just going to say, I think, you know, we talked about the Cal's defense, and obviously the Shepherd has a high-paced offense. So can Cal keep pace, especially if uh, their top player is kind of slowed down a little bit in the game or isn't hitting early on? And can they keep pace with a team like Shepard? Because obviously Shepard doesn't need one player to score the majority of their points. They have McLaughlin and they have Clayton that can also contribute and even go for 30 on any yeah. given night. Well, hopefully we'll be talking about a Shepard PSAC Conference Championship on Monday and looking forward to the Atlantic Regional. But that does it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll uh, wrap up the show, and we'll talk some Caps and Wizards. Uh, we'll talk Caps. They uh, got a big win last night. We'll talk about that next when we come back on today's edition of the Sports Mix. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Safety doesn't come from owning a handgun. It's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off of I-81 Exit 5 at Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on the six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Valley Guns 2 will conduct these classes on February 26 and March 12 at their Inwood location. Master the basics with Basic Handgun 1, taught by NRA-certified instructors. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or call 304-229-4411. Ollie's VIP Northside is the best local spot to catch all of your favorite high school, college, and pro sports, or to hang out with friends. Ollie's has a great beer and cocktail menu, along with a food menu that will blow you away. Ollie's offers multiple TVs to watch the game of your choice from anywhere at the bar or their outdoor patio with cornhole and fire pit. So stop by and see for yourself today at 36 Veronica Drive in Martinsburg. That's Ollie's VIP Northside. We'll see you for the game. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for March 4th, 2022. Segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263, excuse me, 4343. You can stop by their offices located at 1270 Winchester Avenue right here in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Spencer Nick Verzellini and our intern Avery Newport almost said Colin McLaughlin there. Stopped myself there. Uh, let's talk a little capitals. They, uh... God, finally got in the win column last night against the best team in the conference. They got a 4-0 shutout 
over the Carolina Hurricanes. And they put together a great start to the game. Evgeny Kuznetsov would score this goal on a five-on-three power play late in the first. Carlson low into the left circle, flailing after it there was Oshie. T.J. out toward the blue line. Kuznetsov will save it from leaving the zone. The shot, they score! Evgeny Kuznetsov on the five-on-three power play. It's one. Nothing. Washington. Caps would go into the first break up 1-0 in the second period. Martin Faravari would add a goal, and then Alex Ovechkin would score goal 5-63. From the right circle, here's Ovechkin, he scores! Alex Ovechkin lights it up, it's a power play goal! Two on the night, on the man advantage, it's three, nothing, Washington! And those highlights courtesy of John Walton there in the Caps Radio Network. Dmitry Olof would add a goal late in the third to make it 4-0. Viatek Vanacek cut the shutout, and the Caps are back in the win column. Uh, they stay at home. They host the Seattle Kraken tomorrow for the Kraken's first game in D.C. That's a 7 p.m. Uh, puck drop, but that should be a good game. But Caps finally back in the win column. Yeah, good to see that and to get that win over a team that's been really good this year and not only win, but win 4 nothing. Yeah, the uh, shutout that, from Viatek Vanacek. Vanacek kind of been up and down this year. And, and that could be the turnaround for the Capitals. As we've kind of been waiting for them to really put together a lot of wins together. See if that happens now. Quality win as well. Get a win over the leading team in the conference. Caps now have 67 points on the season. Hurricanes with 79, so they are 12 back there. Uh, Right above them, though, at 73 points. So they've got a little bit to go is the Rangers. So they're chasing the Rangers right now, but it should be a good game this weekend for the Caps facing the Seattle Kraken for the first time. Uh, At home, Kraken this season they're dead last, 17-34 and 34 on the season. But it should still be a good game because the intrigue of, of the Seattle Kraken is, you know, a new team on the scene. Yeah, not as good as Vegas was in their first That's game. true. You are right. Vegas did make the cup, but it doesn't look like this will happen for the <laughs> no. Kraken team. Uh, but now let's switch over to the Wizards here. They've got a game uh, tonight at 7 against the Hawks. Hawks 30-32, and 32, Wizards 28-33. and 33. So both teams kind of, you know, right around the same area. It should be a good one, Nick. And Washington, one and a half back of Atlanta for the 10th spot, which would put them in the play-in. So it's a must-win for the Wizards if they're trying to make any sort of playoff run this season. And uh, it it could be a potential preview of that play-in game, depending on what happens with the Hornets and Brooklyn and Toronto, because all those teams are within uh, five and a half games of each other. So Yeah, and then they... uh play the Pacers on Sunday at 6 p.m. We will have that broadcast for you right here on Talk Radio WRNR. Uh, but obviously uh, that game tonight's definitely important for the Wizards. The Pacers are below the Wizards sitting at 13, so that's also a key game. So if the Wizards can get back-to-back key games, uh, that could very much help them uh, as they end this, as they get ready to end the season here, Nick. Yeah, and I saw Porzingis was practicing the other day. I believe Bradley Beal had a press conference yesterday. I don't know if that's true. Uh, but so much around yesterday. I believe he did because he said, quote, it's fair to say he's leaning towards re-signing, re-signing with the Wizards. Well, I saw the Wizards can pay him like $245 million or something. So, yeah, I'd probably he's be got the max, leaning what, toward be a max re-signing contract? as well. It'd yes, be a, it yeah. All right. 
Well, that does it for today's edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, tune in tonight, 6.30, Johnny's Express tip-off show right here on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube, as number three Martinsburg travels to number two, number one, number two Martinsburg travels to number one, Hedgesville for the Region 2 Section 1 Championship, 7 p.m. tip-off. Nick and I will be on the call. That does it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For our intern Avery Newport, Nick Verslini, I'm Spencer Bruce saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight and then Monday on the Sports Mix. Sports Mix.